So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, Man fans. Happy last Tuesday before Christmas. Uh, this is the Modern Man Christmas Spectacular. Uh, it's our version of those big Morecambe and Wise specials you used to see on the BBC. We put out a plea a couple of weeks ago, you might remember, to listeners to invite us to pay for our Christmas dinner. Uh, and uh, Paul from Brighton responded, hello, Paul. Hello. Where are we? We're at Cloud9 in Brighton. Which is an ice cream parlour. Ice cream and cake cafe. Unconventional Christmas dinner. Yep. What are we about to receive? So you've got a mix on Christmas pudding, your dessert. So it's a Christmas pudding ice cream. How did you find the modern man, may I ask, Paul? Uh, I listened to Answer Me This and you have heard of it, it on there and I <laughs> thought I'd give it a listen. So you're on the list. Well, it is a pleasure to be on your list. It is a pleasure to be in your gaff. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Uh, producer Matt is here. Paul is here. But also Ollie Peart is here. Alex Fox is here. This is the modern man. Let's go. Coming up in our Christmas Spectacular. All you need is one headline in the sun. I emptied Santa's sacks (laughs) and my career is over. I meet the man who plays Father Christmas almost every day of the year. I mean, that tastes horrible. I'd rather suck a cock than have that in my mouth again. And we sample a special pick and mix in our roundup of the year's best sex toys. Okay, so this is our Christmas dinner. So by tradition, obviously, you bring the whole family together, which means even though traditionally this is the zeitgeist section with Ollie Peer, Alex Fox is with us as well. Hello, Alex. Hello, Ollie. Your intro gave me uh, an idea for a new name for the foxhole, by the way. A bit late for that, but go on. More come and wise. So, Ollie. Yes. uh, We're going to do Christmas trends this week. We are. Since it's our special festive edition of the show. What have you got for us in your Santa sack? Space. Is that because of Tim What's-Her-Face? Tim Peak. The amount of coverage that he's getting for being the first Brit in space with the Union Jack on his sleeve. Mm. It's astonishing, isn't it? Because normally we pay absolutely no attention whatsoever to a launch by the European Space Agency. Because it's incredibly impressive. Let me reel off some facts. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. First of all, he's the first publicly funded British astronaut ever. Yeah. He beat 8,000 applicants to become one of the six astronauts at European Space Agency. He spent 12 days underwater to train for the mission and a week in a cave. He'll spend six months on the International Space Station. He'll be studying lots of things. They'll be taking part in 265 experiments whilst they're there. He's going to run the London Marathon in space. But isn't the whole thing a complete waste of time, really? I'm not even going to answer that. But I'll tell you why. Go on. I know in the long term then of course it's necessary to have all this scientific research in place, isn't it? You know, in in 500 years' time, when we're ready to go and live on Venus or whatever, then of course this particular mission will be one of the things that paved the way for us to understand space. But we're all going to be dead. Like, in the medium term, wouldn't they be better putting all this money into researching stuff that we could use on Earth? But they are. 
They're looking at his brain and like the pressure on his brain, which uh, could help uh, develop technology that can be used by the NHS for like ah, don't, don't they? Say, I think things. they reverse engineer this. They want to go into space because they've grown up watching space movies. And then they say, ah, oh, yes, and it will help people with Parkinson's. I'm sure there are better ways to do that. They kind of have to as well because the, uh, the space station is the single most expensive object ever made. It's $100 billion it's mm. cost to build it. But anyway... On something more festive and more interesting about the International Space Station and Tim Peake wow. is when he's there on Christmas Day, uh-huh. he's going to eat a Christmas pudding in space Ooh. made by <laughs> Heston Blumenthal. <laughs> oh, the idea of Christmas pudding without the aid of gravity is even worse. He's making him other stuff as well. Go on. He's making him a bacon sarnie, mm. a Sunday roast, planet-shaped bite-sized treats, and a three-course rocket-shaped lolly with tomato soup, curry, and eaten mess. Have you ever had the the space food that allegedly NASA astronauts take up with them? Is that that dried stuff? I've had the freeze-dried ice cream. Yeah. I was very excited about it. I lived near Jodrell Bank as a child. Uh Um, So me and my school went on a trip to Jodrell Bank, and I think I was more excited about these boulders of freeze-dried ice cream than I was about the the planetarium and whatnot. But it essentially tasted like polystyrene. I can still taste it. I can still remember that taste, that dry, scrapey... Which is weird because your, your taste buds in space, they don't really work. Everything tastes bland. So you'd think that they'd make it taste like uber, uber strong. Okay, briefly, go on. if I had a ticket right now mm. and I, it was for you to go to the International Space Station, you get all yeah. the training thrown in, mm-hmm. uh, let's assume that you're qualified in some mm. weird way, would you take it yes or no? No. No, why? Because I could die. Exactly. What? Alex Fox, would you take it yes or no? Absolutely without question. Would I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. It's a, how can you how can you say no to that kind and, of thing? And adventure? you are quite likely to be, die in a big capsule being strapped into something. <laughs> Thank you for that prediction of my future, Ollie. <laughs> well, what worries me most about going into space, right? And I had this thing just the other day. I was walking along and I had an itch on my nose. And I was in Reading and I was walking through Reading and I thought, right, I'm doing my space walk. I've got an itchy nose yeah. and I've got the thing over my face. Yeah. I can't itch my nose. So when I was walking through Reading, I thought, no, I'm going to try and be an astronaut. I'm not going to scratch my nose. Yeah. I lasted about 30 seconds. So I couldn't be an astronaut because I can't scratch my nose. I feel like the time's right to move on to our second course. Whoa. Whoa. These are the mince pies cupcakes provided by Cloud9 in they Brighton. They are huge. They are absolutely <laughs> immense. And they have sprinkles. Oh. These are very exciting. Oh, they're very creamy I'm as well. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to eat this. <laughs> You're getting it in your beard, Ollie. I've got a good idea for a cake company. Yes. Practical patisserie. You know, like that you can just eat on the go without getting in your beard. That'd be nice. That's not it? a bad idea. It's yeah. a good name. It is. It's the kind of thing they get kicked out of Dragon's Den instantly, but I quite <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. You imagine going in with that. I, I would be watching that at home thinking, go on, go on, Peter, back it. Give him a million quid. What I could go know. wrong? Ollie Peart, yeah. what are your other Christmas trends? Will yeah? this Christmas be a white Christmas? I've seen this in the papers. It's going to be the mildest Christmas Possibly ever. Well, there's an El Nino floating around that's going to cause lots of problems with that kind of thing. But what I found most interesting about it is what defines a white Christmas in the first place. So do you know this? Yes, it's whether a flake of snow drops on the GPO tower. Am I close? Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Oh, really? I okay. thought that. I think lots of other people thought that as well. The, uh, the Met Office have released a video describing what they define as a, as a white Christmas. And it is when one snowflake is observed falling in a 24-hour period anywhere in the UK. Oh, really? That's ridiculous. That's, that's not a white Christmas. No, that's quite it's a good very context, useful, though, because then you can go, oh, it's a white Christmas. Sorry, can't make it to work today. <laughs> <laughs> Kids ain't going to school. Snowed in. If you were to define it with these rules, uh, apparently there's been quite a lot of white Christmases. In the last 55 years, how many do you think there have been? Um, One snowflake anywhere in the UK Mm -hmm. 
I'd be tempted to say the majority of Christmases, but I'll say half. So let's say, uh, what's half of 50 is 25, 20, 27. Close. I'm going to go with 32. 30. Well, marginally the winner. So, but I don't know what it means for like placing a bet on it. Don't know how that works. Maybe they define it by that rule that we thought, where it's one flake I think on that's like right. a, a I'm metal. pretty sure the bookies have a very particular place where they, they must, judge. They yeah. must do. Uh, and who stands up there watching that? The loneliest person yeah, yeah. at Christmas time. We're in a oh. bet fair T-shirt. Ollie Pitt, thank you for your bag of trends. No problem. It was a delight. It was. Uh, still to come, Alex Fox opens her big bag of dicks. Alex, what have we got in store? This week I have actually brought along That's a very heavy physical bag of actual dicks Merry Christmas everyone Alex Fox exploring her bag of dicks Still to come after this If you've seen Father Christmas this year The chances are you queued to get into a grubby grotto somewhere And then felt rather underwhelmed by the man you found inside With the cheap stick-on beard Who probably wanted to rush you out as soon as possible And definitely didn't like your kids Uh, The actor Nigel Harvey, though is in a completely different league. He advertises himself as Celebrity Santa. You can even find him on Twitter, at Celebrity Santa. And Nigel's made a career of being the Father Christmas that TV production companies use when they're making their Christmas TV specials. So he's been on The One Show, This Morning, Pointless Celebrities, Text Santa, you get the idea. Uh, It is a job, believe it or not, that does keep him employed 52 weeks of the year. Uh, But obviously this time of year is particularly busy. Uh, He is currently Santa in residence at the very plush Rosewood Hotel in Holborn. And I went along on Sunday night to watch him in action. He was driving around in one of their branded minis and handing out presents to kids and all the rest of it and looked absolutely incredible. The trousers, the boots, the beard, which he told me, by the way, costs him around a grand. I mean, he is the real deal. Uh, Then he invited me up to his room to interview him and his beard had come off. The eyebrows had come off. He looked utterly different. He'd had tape to sort of make him look older on his face and all that kind of thing. Suddenly, rather than this portly, hairy guy in his 70s that I'd met downstairs... Father Christmas, uh, I was now talking to a completely bald, average-looking bloke in his 40s. So I really think no one is better placed than him to explain what life is like living in that iconic red and white outfit. I asked him, what is it like to live most of your life as one of the most famous people in the world? What I do, there's one foot in magic and there's one foot in reality. And you sort of like cross between the two because children are very clever these days and they've got the internet and they can find out whatever they want. But if you say something right, I had a a little boy once who said, uh, Father Christmas, I know you're not real. And I said, and, and why is that? He said, well, I saw my dad putting the presents under the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. And I said... I see, and and what's your name? I told me his name. I said, and where do you live? And he told me where he lived. I said, that's right. I said, I was running late. And, you know, your dad, who's always been on my nice list, he said, I'll put most of the presents out for you. You just bring one. And your dad did that for me, and that's why he's always his Santa's little helper. And he's on my nice list. And the child that 
had completely decided that Father Christmas didn't exist, went, oh. Suddenly makes sense. And because it made sense, you say something that makes sense to a child, and suddenly the wonder was all back there. We'd we'd found that magic again. And it, it doesn't take very much because... You know, they. you have children that say, oh, my friend at school says that you're not real. And I said, and, and what's your friend like at school? Are, are, they, are they friendly? No, not really. I said, they're saying it to upset you, you see. And the reason they're doing that is because they don't get presents from me because they're on the naughty list. Talk me through the voice, um, because, as we can hear, you've got a northern accent now yes. as yourself. As Santa, uh, it's a very deep sort of Victorian RP, isn't it? Yes. Where, where did you get that from? Americans and Canadians loved Miracle on 34th Street, and, of course, it was Richard Attenborough. Yeah. And you can't get more you know, English and pronounced. And uh, so when I actually joined Clawsnet and put my showreel up there... Clawsnet. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> exactly. So that, that's the professional network for Santa. That, well, that's one of them. I mean, there's hundreds of them, but that that was the first one I, I went for. And um, they love the accent. The other thing as well that I've noticed is the response you get from adults. Yes. For some of them, it sort of unleashes their inner child. Yes. Uh, for some of them, I don't know quite how to put this, there are some ladies who kind of fetishise Santa Claus. Well, let me tell you, that was the biggest eye-opener ever when I first started doing Father Christmas. I mean, quite frankly, the amount of times I get propositioned as Father Christmas by some incredibly beautiful women. And, you know, but... And it's a serious proposition. It's a serious proposition. How I mean, they, I've been groped. I've been, you know, I've, I've had people, while I've been here, telling me what their room number is <laughs> and uh, all sorts of things. But, but they want you in the Father Christmas outfit. Exactly. They yeah. want Father Christmas yeah. to be the one that's doing the naughty stuff with them. But the funny thing is, it, it really puts it into perspective. I'm not ugly. I'm not terribly obese or anything. I'm no, no beast. But they would rather have an old man with a white beard with a beer belly than me. <laughs> it's just... Where does that come from, do you think? Where does the sexual attraction to Santa come from for some people? I, I have no idea because it never entered my head that they would find something like that sexual. I, I don't know. I have absolutely no, There's a couple of female celebrities that have basically said, come on, Santa, let's... Wow. Yeah, and I, I, obviously I can't say who, but it's a shocker. I think it's because it's a, a character. Perhaps it's role-play. Perhaps it's dressing up. I'm, perhaps it's that side of sexuality. I don't know, but it it never ceases to amaze me. But because this is so important to me, all these propositions, all these things, I would never act on them. No. Because all you need is one headline in the sun. Yes. I emptied Santa's sacks <laughs> and my career is over. Sure. And I mean, I am a terrible flirt as Father Christmas because if you say to a girl that's sort of five or six, have you been a good girl this year? If you say it to an adult, have you been a good girl? There's sexual connotations there instantly. Yeah. Sure. And then there's the flirting that goes off. I've 
I've even had husbands of wives who have said to me, look, my wife's got this thing about Santa. Would you basically do my wife and let me watch? I mean, (laughs) you would... I'm I'm not kidding you. It's just (laughs) the biggest eye-opener of all time. Yeah, It doesn't happen... All the time, obviously, because a lot of the time their their families were children and things like that. But it's it's something that I think every Santa that's done it properly, they've got it to come because it every year it never ceases to amaze me. In fact, today we're driving round in the mini, and we stopped at, at some traffic lights, and this glamorous woman, she must have been late 30s who said are you the real Santa and I said well yes I am and she planted me a kiss on the lips and that was it and she was gone and Sam who's been driving me around just looked totally stunned and she said a total stranger just came and kissed you on the lips and I said yes it's good isn't it (laughs) so people also feel they have a right to do that, if you want to look at it technically, sexually assaulted by women, a Santa. But it's okay because it's Father Christmas. It's a real strange one. No, it's extraordinary. And, and I mean, I was walking around with you downstairs and really everyone of every different age and ethnicity was coming up to you and going, oh my God, it's Santa Claus. And we were walking downstairs, there's a Jewish wedding going on and all of them wanted their picture taken with Father Christmas. Absolutely. It doesn't it's matter who it is, does it? Totally universal. And you also have to deal with, as Father Christmas, children that, what would you like for Christmas? I'd like Grandma to come back. Mm. You've got to have the empathy to be able to turn that round and make something that's very, very sad into a positive. So, you know, with somebody like someone's grandma, I said, well, well, I'm very, very sorry, but I, I bring gifts. Now, if I could do that for you, I would do. But, you know, your grandma's looking down on you and she's so proud. And do you know what? She wants you to have a wonderful Christmas. Would you do that for her? And suddenly you've turned that negative into something warm and cosy and and safe. And children like that. And so do adults. I mean, I've I've had adults sobbing on my shoulder, you know, say, Oh, Father Christmas, can you I'd I'd love to have my husband back or my wife back and they've you know, they've been for a, a terrible thing and I and I said, I can't but I tell, I tell you what I can do. I'll give you a hug, and I give them a, and they just go to pieces. And but they feel that they've been given a gift, even if it's a hug, because it's done with genuine love and compassion. You know, it's all part of the healing process. They're now having a hug and sobbing it out on Father Christmas, and it's wonderful because they go away, and it, you look like. You've done something wonderful. Now, no amount of money on earth can make you feel how you feel when you've brought happiness to people at their darkest moments. And, you know, I do a lot of work for charities, and I meet a lot of very poorly children throughout the year that won't make it till Christmas. And the most miraculous thing that ever happened, I did go to a hotel 
uh, to see this little boy. And I didn't know how severely ill he was or anything because I only got a slight brief. Anyway, I walked in and they'd made his room into Christmas. He'd had various strokes and half of his face was sort of limp. And I walked in and I said his name. I said, oh, hello there. And how are you? And we started having this conversation. And the family are going absolutely nuts, screaming, t- crying, everything. And I'm thinking, shit, what have I, what, what's going on? What, what, what have I done? Because I, I thought they were angry. You know, and I read the night before Christmas, and I gave him some presents and opened them. We were chatting away, and they're videoing it all, and, you know. And it wasn't till I left the room, and the whole family just basically pounced on me. This little boy hadn't spoken in six months. Mm. <laughs> I'd walked in as Father Christmas, and he started talking. So to them, that was a miracle. And, whew, even thinking about it now, sadly, it was a couple of days after he passed away, but they had that memory, that moment, and that persona of Father Christmas is so strong, he forgot all his problems and started talking. It's an amazing thing to be able to do. It's terrific. I, I mean... You know, and I. This is why I would never grow tired of this character because you never know what's going to happen. You never know the possibilities are endless. And to that family, I performed a miracle because the doctors couldn't help him, speech therapists couldn't help him. In walks Father Christmas, bang! It is a wonderful thing to do, and it continues to be so. And every day, it's a different situation, a different set of children, different set of adults, and they all take different things from it. I mean, the thing is, when they get... Children get to an age that I've noticed that when they find out that Father Christmas is make-believe, they tend to not tell their parents they know because they don't want to spoil it for their parents, which is a very funny way that children look at things because they think, oh, I know Father Christmas isn't real, but I don't want to spoil it for mum and dad. But you also get children, especially boys, that work out Father Christmas isn't real. When they meet a good Father Christmas they tell all the younger children that he's real and that everything that they've heard is rubbish because a child goes through that disappointment and then goes through a new phase, which is, well, this is quite wonderful, this idea. I like this idea that there's this magical character. And I mean, the truth of the matter is, everyone's Santa Claus. You know, he does exist, but just in everyone. Parents take on the role of Santa Claus doing the gift and spreading that joy, so there's a bit of Santa in everyone. Well, let's just finish on this practical point then. If you're listening to this and you're a dad, and for whatever reason you've been convinced to actually dress up as Father Christmas for the family, you're going to have the tatty costume, aren't you? You're not going to have the best voice. Can you give us any tips? Yes. The thing to do is if you believe yourself to be Father Christmas, watch the films, make it real, believe it yourself, because a lot of it, for young children that 
can't really tell if it's a false beard or not because they're so young. If you believe that you're Father Christmas, then they will. If you don't believe you're Father Christmas, no one will buy it. Not a child, not anything. But if you're convinced that you are Father Christmas, it takes it to a different level. And the laugh... It's a proper laugh, isn't it? It's not saying ho, ho, ho. Yeah, well, the thing is, that's that's just my preference because, you know, ho, 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 Merry Christmas is very two-dimensional. It's a laugh, therefore, laugh. You know, when I'm, when I'm driving around the cars, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, everyone, ho, 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 ho. It's a, it's a laugh. And the, the other thing is, he laughs because he's happy you will find that if you start laughing, you will genuinely start laughing. It's one of those things. And I've laughed as Father Christmas. It's infectious. So everybody starts laughing because you're laughing. And suddenly, every Santa is always about what's inside. If it's coming from the soul, if it's coming from the heart, and you believe it, then that's the best way to be a great Father Christmas. You rejoin us in Cloud9 in Brighton. Paul, what is our next course here? Uh, so this is the cheesecake brownie, which is a layer of uh, gluten-free brownie with cheesecake on top and then double-baked. Uh, it's one of the most popular items that we sell. I was going to say, you've basically put a, a little mistletoe thing on top of it to make it Christmassy, but this looks like yeah. a staple. It's a staple. It's one of our popular items, and we just dressed it up a little bit to give it a bit of a Christmassy feel. Give it a Christmas <laughs> premium. Nice stuff. Okay, thank you very much. Alex, Ollie? Oh, my God. That is so moist. It does look moist. Words with which it's always good to introduce Alex Fox. Let's open the bag of dicks, Alex. What have you got for us? What I have inside my Santa sack of secretion-inducing itemages are three gift wrap toys that have proven to be very popular throughout 2015. Uh Each of them has something unique and exciting about them, and you two, Ollie and Ollie, have to guess what they do. What a feature. Sounds awful. <laughs> okay, this present is for you, Ollie Man. Thank you. And this fantastic parcel is for you, Ollie Pierce. Okay, just feeling the Thank package, you. as it were. It is uh, cylindrical. What's yours like, Ollie? Mine's feeling phallic. Yeah, similarly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, my, mine's like wrapped into this. Is, this com- comes oh, in a case. Mine is pink and hard. Okay. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine looks like um, something you'd put up your like nose to trim your hairs. Or Cyril Sneer. <laughs> Yours has a particularly oh interesting my. name, actually, Ollie Man. Does it? Uh, okay, yes, it's written on the side. The Womanizer. Oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> he's turned it on. He's turned it's it on. It's just sprung into life. God. Completely accidental. Good Lord. Ollie, it... if you place your finger over the white nozzle yes. on your uh, Cyril Sneer toy, yeah. it, it, you, it might give you a clue as to what its purpose is and what that sensation is that it's producing. It's um, blowing small bits of air, is it? Try creating a seal with your finger. Okay. Is it sucking? There's a massage. There's a massage going. Is it, is it a clitoral massage? Is that what it is? Hooray! Yeah, okay, fine. I, it's actually quite more gentle than I was expecting. It is particularly designed to be gentle. Yes. The womanizer... It's often a complaint than, that men deal with, isn't it? Rather than vibrating, it actually sends little pulses of air. So yes. it sort of sucks uh, I was and blows. right to say, yes. Uh, yes. 
and it's particularly designed for women who find direct clitoral stimulation mm. from a vibrator overpowering or even painful. Some, yeah. some ladies find that um, really uncomfortable. Now, actually, in all seriousness, Ollie, put your finger in there just and just think seriously and think about your fingering pace and practicality. It's incredibly gentle. Yeah. You can make can't it more hardcore. You can up the vibration. Okay, can I do that with Ollie's finger? How do I do it? Press this button. Can't they make it make better noises? My finger's stuck. Okay, well, it's very tactile. I can see why it's been a hit this year. Uh, what's Ollie Pitt got there? Can I turn this thing off? <laughs> yeah, hold the button down oh. like this. There's an experienced yeah. pair of hands. Right, what's Ollie Pitt got? It, well, it says on the side, it's Fatcom, and if you look at it side on, it looks like a weird cartoon character with a big nose. Okay, look, that definitely goes up your thingy, doesn't it? And that, again, is a clitoral stimulus, right? That bit. I think this that bit... That is true. This yeah. bit goes up, yeah? It does. Yes. So this main shaft piece goes inside a woman's vaginal canal. Yep. And this little pointy, snouty bit rests on the clitoris. However, mm-hmm. there is something very new and quite special about this toy when you turn it on. Right, I've got to figure that out now, haven't I? I'll give you a clue. Okay, I can't work Think out what it's doing differently. Think about the qualities that make a real man's penis Ooh. different Again, from a toy. Again, very gentle vibration. Well, mine doesn't vibrate like that. No. No, but w- when you hold it in your hand, how does it feel? Vibratory. Uh, you're no, gonna, your the penis, word you're looking for is throbbing. My penis. It? When you hold your penis in your hand, throbbing. Ollie, you're looking for throbbing. Warm meat. Warm. <laughs> It's like, it's like holding a sausage that's been left out of the fridge for a while. Warm is the key word here, Ollie. Yeah. You're onto something. I don't know. When I, I, when I hold Ollie Pitt's penis, those aren't the words that what come to you my are <laughs> Cold sausage is what comes into your mind. What you it? are holding is the equivalent of a sex electric blanket. Right. This vibrator warms up. Right, that's In nice, fact, isn't if you it? feel it now, it's starting oh, to Oh, I see. That's what that symbol means. That's a thermometer. Oh, that's so, quite charming, isn't it? Yeah. Have a look in the bag. What else have we got? This is good. This is well wrapped. Whoa. Oh, okay. It's black. Right, yeah. It's it says head on it. It's got a sort of motorhead style. Oh, my God. It's not a motorhead dildo, is it? It is a motorhead vibrator. It's everything an I official, never wanted. An <laughs> official motorhead vibrator. Wow. So you can think of Lemmy's mole. Oh, it's on. How common is it for um, a band to expand their merch to include uh, female stimulation? This is the first line of official motorhead toys. Um, they do really. They didn't think pinball machine first. <laughs> well, their builders being particularly loud and particularly powerful. It is loud. It yeah. is like if you just let it rest in your hand, it yeah. just sort of moves about like yeah. some weird torpedo. I was well, actually I was, I've been wasting that... my merch opportunities, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> the Ollie Man vibrator. Can you imagine vibrator what that would look like? Yeah. What features would the Ollie Man vibrator have? Or the it, Ollie Man sex toy? Um, just be his low, deep voice <laughs> vibrate inside of you. Hello, man fannies. Okay, so um, th- those are the presents of the year. I think you did a very good job at, uh, at guessing uh, what was going on with those sex toys, so I'm going to reward you. <gasps> Since we are inside the wonderful Cloud9 Cafe and Paul is serving as a variety of sweet treats, I thought I'd bring you both a sweet treat of my own. Um, so here's one for you, Ollie Man, and here's one for you, Ollie Pitt. What I need you to do is unwrap them Place them in your mouths without looking at the packaging uh-huh. and tell me what flavour these items are. Okay. I'm, I mean, they're condom-shaped, so yeah. it's a condom, it, right? You want me to put Johnny in my mouth? Yes, that's yes. what she's asking. I'm going in with my teeth. You're using your teeth. 
You really shouldn't use your teeth to open condom I know pockets. You I should state. That's a safety hazard, isn't it? Right? I think it looks what? like a bear oh, just dripped on your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> condom juice just dripped on Ollie. It looks like awful. I feel sick. <laughs> okay, right, hang on. It's dripping on you as well. Um. <laughs> This has made my year. That is, that is actually making me gag. I don't know. That is horrible. I don't know. I don't know. How are you? How are you still got yours in your mouth? I was almost sick. I know what it is. It's. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. I feel sick. Oh my god. It's that is just. Oh yeah, it's rank. Have we got different ones? We have, haven't we? Now you know how it feels to be a girl, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't even never got a cock a, in it. Never with a thing on. It's. Oh. Um, <laughs> that is. That is actually disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that tastes horrible. I'd rather suck a cock. Can I guess? I I would rather suck a cock than have that in my mouth again. That is horrible. I think I know what it is. Oi, man, what do you think the flavour of the condom that I think you're covered in the juices of is? I think it's cola flavoured. Hooray! Yes. It is. It's fizzy Coca-Cola flavour. So mine's the same then. The How same. the hell did you keep it in your mouth for so long? I don't think it's an unplayed. It tastes like a cola cube that's been melted and put onto a rubber jacket. <laughs> uh, no, there was some horrible bitter taste in my mouth as really? well. Yeah. Oh, God, that was disgusting. That was, that was horrible. <laughs> if that's not to your taste, Ollie Pitt, then maybe you'd... Uh, There's prefer... a whole world of condoms for you to put in your mouth. What world of... <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that oh, the flavours of condoms Matt are... Producer has given uh, us one of Paul's delightful cookies. Paul, what are these? Milk and white chocolate cookies. Milk and white chocolate cookies. That'll take the Thank taste away. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, better. Do you know in Thailand, chilli-flavoured condoms are particularly popular? Maybe you prefer one of those, Ollie. I think I prefer it to the Coke one. I mean, I don't really like Coca-Cola anyway. People don't just put them in their mouths like that. <laughs> Tell us the brand, Alex. What it's, was it we were tasting? That was a Passante Fizzy Cola. They do a bubblegum-flavoured one as well. And if, a glow-in-the-dark one, so you can turn did, your dick into a lightsaber. If they did a rum one, and you could have two at once, you could do a rum and coke, couldn't you? You could get in touch with the double dick dude, you mm. know, that guy with the bifurcated penis. No, of course And I just don't. get him to wear... There is a gent in the US who has a bifurcated penis, so he actually has two willies. He's, he goes by the nickname Double Dick Dude. Look him up. He did a really fantastic, uh, very interesting discussion on Reddit. Actually, now you mention it, I think the Knowles House Party Christmas special in 1998 <laughs> ended with the same guy. That was Mr. Nobby. Um, so that was very appropriate. Uh, and so the Modern Man Christmas Spectacular has come to a close. Merry Christmas, Ollie. Merry Christmas, Ollie. Merry Christmas, Alex. Merry Christmas, Mr. Man. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you very much for downloading the show. Remember, if you like the show, tell your friends. Just use the hashtag ModernMan, M-A-N-N, on Twitter. And remember as well that if you visit our website, modernman.co.uk, you can follow the links there to subscribe, to send Alex Fox a question of sex, or to buy us a beer. Uh, If you uh, have some uh, Christmas money, swishing around it might be nice to do that which has ever just leaves me to say that the producer has been matt hill i've been ollie mann our theme music is by django django from their self-titled debut album and hold the (laughs) fucking phone what's this that's amazing paul has just brought us a modern man cake it's got our faces on it we can eat ourselves oh thank you very much paul thank you everyone at cloud nine in brighton as well yeah thanks paul i'm gonna give you the uh, clap come here there we go clap for molly clap for molly Uh, Happy Christmas, everyone. See you soon. In fact, we'll see you next Tuesday.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.